Hello there, Flash, but you can call me JD. And ahoy, I'm then call the Hunter, also known as Hunter. And this is A Hero Story, episode 65. Welcome. A Hero Story is a podcast where we talk all things comics. That includes comic book movies, comic book animation, comic book videos, games, comic books themselves, you name it, we probably talk about it. The episode usually breaks down and we cover the news of the week, and there was a bunch of news this week ranging from comics and movies and everything and then we cover the comics themselves where we give our pick of the week our cover of the week and we uh pick some comics to rate go over all that good stuff and then we close out the episode so <laughs> pretty much here, yeah <laughs> uh we yeah. also just stick to marvel and dc we don't really go into indigo or any of the other comics yet but right now it's just marvel dc so uh real quick the comics of the week uh, for those that are just going to skip to that, are The Amazing Spider-Man number 30, which is an absolute carnage tie-in, but it doesn't really feel like one. Uh, Captain America number 14. Powers of X number 5. Red Hood Outlaw number 38. The Avengers number 24. Batman Detective Comics number 1012. Action Comics number 1015. Shazam actually came out number seven and batman superman number two by joshua williamson and yeah which by the way was about one year ago last week we interviewed joshua williamson on the show which is crazy how time flies like that right Mm -hmm. and (laughs) if you're listening to this on the day release one day yesterday was the one year anniversary of heroes in crisis number one so yeah yikes that's uh that's a that's a one year anniversary i didn't need to remember um year of depression (laughs) But yeah, <laughs> we've grown as a podcast, which is pretty cool. Uh, yeah. For those who do just want to skip around, the timestamps will be in the description. I forgot to add them last week because, well, school kicked my ass. But I got a little bit more time this week, so I'll add them. <laughs> uh, and anyway, uh, we'll st- we'll start with the news of the week, which is Hunter's section. So Hunter, break it down for us. What do we got? Uh, I'll go over the live action stuff first. Deadpool is rumored to make his first MCU debut in Thor Four, titled Thor: Love and Thunder. Uh, where'd you hear this rumor? You sent me this rumor, and I didn't see it, so... Uh, it was all over Twitter for, like, a day, but then it got overshadowed by, like, all this other news, so it kind of got <laughs> swept a lot, the rug, yeah. but, uh, I'm not sure exactly who it was from, but it, it was just a rumor. Um, I... I wouldn't be incredibly surprised because, well, I'm expecting Thor and Lover to be a straight-up comedy... Uh, Thor, Thor Lover. Thor Love and Thunder <laughs> to be a straight-up comedy, but... I don't know. I just I I don't know. I can I, see I just, him in credit. I, I don't really want to see it, but I, I guess at some point Deadpool's got to make his first appearance. So I don't see credits. Hundred percent. Yeah, yeah, uh, that can make sense. Yeah, I mean it's just a rumor, so take it with a grain of salt. Uh, yeah. Denzel Washington is another rumor going around right now. He's rumored to be playing Magneto in the MCU, which I don't like. <laughs> the rumor mill is going crazy this week. So, yeah, so earlier in the week, uh, rumors had come out that Disney slash Marvel was looking for people of color to play both Magneto and Professor X in the X-Men. Uh, Magneto's backstory ties back to being in the Holocaust and uh, being a survivor of that. So people were kind of surprised that they would uh, choose a person of color for Magneto. And... Even Charles's origin kind of ties to him being a rich white boy. But anyway, uh, that's not the <laughs> point. Uh, D- Denzel Washington was rumored to be playing Magneto. Again, this was kind of just like a, a rumor that kind of got swept under the rug just with all the other news we had this week. But Denzel's a great actor. I don't think he's the one meant to play Magneto. Listen, I, I think Marvel and Disney have a tough job ahead of them trying to fill the shoes of Michael Fassbender as Magneto. So I really hope they're careful with their casting and they cast somebody who's top notch because it's going to be extremely hard to beat fast mender yeah i feel like at this point it's almost impossible and i've only ever thought that like superheroes are going to get recast and some people are like oh you can't replace this character you can't replace this character they're going to be replaced but that doesn't necessarily mean they'll be better i think studios should always strive to be better but sometimes Jared you just Leto, can't beat Jared Leto it. Leto's the Joker. <laughs> yeah, you can't beat that. Not better. There's actually one character that no matter who gets casted as a specific character, I won't care because the last person who played him was perfect. We're not even the last person. I'll get into that in a sec because we're going to be talking about this character soon. But yeah, we'll, we'll get into it in a few minutes here. 
I think I know who you're talking about, but but okay. You might, you might. I'm going to stick with the Marvel news first for the live action. There's another Marvel bit of news. Apple is rumored to buy Sony, and if that does happen, then the rights to Spider-Man will be going back to Disney, so to the MCU. So oh it's boy, a Mr. Mr. Stark. Here we come. Yeah, more Mr. Stark montages about to happen. But yeah, it, Apple basically straight up said like, or if any company buys Sony, it's just the rights to Spider-Man will automatically be in Disney Sands again, which means Tom Holland will be back in the MCU. That is, if this happens, it's a huge rumor. Like I've seen a lot of people report on Apple apparently planning on buying Sony, and Apple yeah, and Sony are yeah, more rivals than those lines. Yeah, I, I find Sony and Apple to be more rivals than Disney and Sony. Like, Sony makes phones, Sony makes TVs, and they make a lot of things. And Disney basically makes television and movies. While Apple also makes phones, and they make TV, and, you know, so... I feel like they're more rivals, so I feel like Apple has a better chance at actually purchasing Sony than Disney does. And I don't want Disney to own uh, Sony. We'll have no other companies in the world. So... <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. You ever you ever watch uh, the epic rap battles of history back in the day? Yeah, <laughs> uh, of uh, course. So so the one where it's uh, Stan Lee versus uh, the guy that invented the Muppets, uh, Jim Jim Henson. Oh yeah. Um, at the end, Walt Disney appears and he talks about like buying every company, and he's like, "Now get back to work. It's my dime you're wasting." So. <laughs> It's like, yeah, Walt Disney's just going to buy everyone at the end and uh, get his way to world domination. <laughs> Unfortunately, yes. Oh, that'll be buying Sony. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you want Tom back in the MCU? Um, I mean, I think to continue Tom's journey as Spider-Man, I guess it makes more sense for him to be in the MCU just because literally everything about his character connects to the MCU. That being said, I was kind of excited about the either Sony versus Spider-Man. I mean, maybe not today with today's rumors, but uh, <laughs> I, I was excited for something a little new because I was already getting sick of, oh, my God, insert villain here is a disgruntled Stark employee. And, oh, my God, Mr. Stark, how am I going to do it? So I was not ready for a change of pace. Yeah, but... Disney's really struggling trying to think of a Spider-Man villain that doesn't have an origin that connects to Sony Stark. <laughs> I'm just waiting for them to bring in Norman Osborn, how Norman Osborn was like an intern for Tony Stark, and I'll cry. <laughs> oh, God, don't do that. <laughs> um, speaking of Sony, Sony's planning on making another Spider-Man spinoff movie, kind of in the Venomverse, if we're going to call that. Madame <laughs> Web, everyone's favorite supervillain, is getting a movie. Um, this is kind of going to get thrown under the rug, I guarantee, with Sony's other list of movies. Sony has this they, they announce movies here and there. They're just like, this is happening. It's going to connect to the Venomverse. They've announced probably like 15 different ones of we, these. We, we thought DC was bad, announcing stuff like Deadshot. But here we go with Sony announcing. So here's their here's their current slate. Just get, get ready for this. We start with Morbius, the, the, the living vampire. That's okay. actually happening. That's, that's been that's filmed. Happening. Jared Leto, that's already filming. Okay. Venom 2, that's also happening because Venom made a lot of money and Tom Hardy's excited. Spider-Man 3 and 4 with Tom Holland. Okay, that's reasonable. I mean, that that makes sense. You know, they'd want a continuous story. Into the Spider-Verse 2 definitely makes sense. Into the Spider-Verse 1 was a big hit. Oscar winner. Mm -hmm. Then this is where we start to get into things that are different. So uh, this is something that's been rumored for a while that I could see happening. but We'll see. The all-female Spider-Verse spinoff. I can see that Um, happening, like, straight to DVD. Yeah, I don't, I don't imagine that being like a big thing. But okay, or, so or like a, you buy Spider Verse two on Blu Ray and you get this mini movie inside kind of thing. Yeah, I can see like an anim- an animated short. Oh, well, uh, and, an, and, and yeah. then here's here's where we go into the realm of crazy. So basically, they're just listing off Spider Man villains at this point. We've got Craven the Hunter, what? Black Cat, huh? Silver Sable, Who? come again? <laughs> Silk, what? Jackpot, huh? Who? Nightwatch. Who? Nanny. Madam Web. Oh, Why? everyone's favorite. And of course, to cap it all off, the Sinister Six. So Sinister uh, Six has been rumored since like 2013. <laughs> so. Yeah, I remember when I saw reports of Andrew Garfield saying in interviews they're going to be the villain for Amazing Spider-Man three, and I was like, oh, awesome. And then, and, uh, well, we know how that went. So, <laughs> uh, any of um, these? Okay, you are the master of guessing if movies are happening or not. JD still thinks Joker's <laughs> not happening. Ne- uh, next week, we'll be reviewing Joker. Check out the podcast. <laughs> if, well, JD doesn't even think it's happening, so... 
Yeah, uh, it's gonna get canceled. <laughs> any okay from Craven the Hunter to Sinners of Six? Do you think any of those are actually gonna happen? God no, and they shouldn't. I mean, it would be such a mistake. These are all people that if you wanted to make like the only one that I could see happening is a Sinister Six movie where it's like. Uh, the animated movie Batman Assault on Arkham where Batman kind of plays like the yeah, antagonist yeah, yeah. to the Suicide Squad's protagonist. If That'd they did cool. something like that with the Sinister Six and Spider-Man is kind of like in the background and he's kind of the antagonist at the end, I would enjoy that. That'd be cool. But there, there is absolutely no need to have a Craven the Hunter movie. Now what you could do is one of the Spider-Man sequels could be Craven's Last Hunt. Good idea, Sony. Or black cat for example could appear in one of these yeah these characters definitely appear in a spider-man movie but leading their own movie without spider-man that barely worked for venom yeah and and well venom's at least like a recognizable like venom has a solo comic book series madam web has madam web ever had a comic book series does madam web even have like any information about it like who cares about madam web no only she's even had a mini series that's what I'm saying. So, like, Venom has a continuous series, which is actually pretty popular. So, that one was at least doable. I just, I think Sony, and I really hope this is like how Warner Brothers slash DC is, where it's like they announce things just to see what the crowd thinks, and then they like kind of take them back. So, mm-hmm. I, I hope none of these happen, except like the first few, fine. I mean, even I think Morbius is a mistake, and I don't think it's going to make money, but it's I don't hard know. to is... make a villain focused movie without the hero. And keeping it PG. Like, Venom was going to be rated R. Joker is going to be rated R. So you could do a lot with those characters. You can make them really dark and make them literally evil. But without a hero there, it's hard to root for the villain. And it kind of sucks when you're not rooting for the main character. You kind of despise them. You don't want them to win. And it's a movie about them, so they kind of have to escape in the end. So it's a little difficult when you're doing characters that no one really cares about. Like, Silver Sable... I hated her in Spider-Man PS4. <laughs> but, like, I don't want to see a movie about this secret agent that just, like, hates civilians. I don't want to see a movie about a jewel thief without Spider-Man in there. You know, Black Cat? I don't want to see... Who even is Jackpot? <laughs> I know Jackpot is, but, like, no one really cares about him. It barely worked for Venom. Joker's interesting enough. And even in comic books, there's only, like, three villain comic books out right now. There's Deathstroke, uh, Venom. Maybe there's just Thanos, two. Thanos has like a mini. Oh I yeah, think. Thanos. And that's about it though. Those are the three characters that could hold a solo title. And that's about it. You can't make a... Oh, and Harley Quinn if you count her. Yeah, and, and even like Harley Quinn's kind of an anti-hero now. Deathstroke is really like a mercenary, so he's not exactly a villain. So it, there's a def- delicate balance that even villains Venom typically don't anti-hero. hold their own books or hold their own movies in this case. So I really hope Sony is kind of just testing the waters, trying to see what rocks the boat. And Sony, this is rocking the boat. Just cut it out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> just, just focus on what works. Focus on Spider-Man and work from there and... You know, if you want to make an animated verse, don't over-pollute the Into the Spider-Verse. Something that makes Into the Spider-Verse so awesome was that it was something original. But if you're doing, like, all these different spin-offs, it could kill the vibe of that. So it's a de- delicate balance to be had. It was Spider-Verse was about Kingpin. <laughs> it's a Miles. Kingpin the movie. We don't want that. Ding-dong award. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, that's it for the Marvel live action news. Going on to DC, which had a, some pretty awesome news this week. Um, Jeffrey Wright, who is well known for his role in the TV show Westworld, that's on HBO, uh, was casted as Jim Gordon for the Batman movie. He is, so we're getting a Jim Gordon of color. What are your thoughts? I've, to my knowledge at least, I've never seen Jeffrey Wright in anything. Not, I, the name doesn't pop off to me, and even when I saw a picture of him, like, I don't recognize him, so... I don't know his acting ability. Um, I'm a little disappointed that it's not JK, but obviously if they're not keeping the DCEU canon, I guess it wouldn't be. But This basically proves that the Batman will at least be another Earth. Yeah. I don't know. My, my dream cast has always been uh, Brian Cranston as Jim Gordon. Me too. <laughs> he, voiced Jim, he voiced Jim Gordon in Batman Year One animated movie. So I got like a little taste of that. I would have loved to see him in live action in a proper DCEU, but we'll, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. I guess Jeffrey Wright could be good, and uh, a lot of people were sad that like this would affect uh, uh, Barbara Gordon, and actually well, it, it wouldn't because in the pre-crisis, or I'm sorry, pre-52 comics, Barbara was actually adopted 
by Jim, so it doesn't they could necessarily go that affect her. So yeah, they they could adopt if Barbara ever even appears. I mean, Birds of Prey is already happening without her, so maybe I can they see don't Barbara need her to appear. But I mean, anyway, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not against it. I'm not for it. I'm kind of just neutral right now because I really don't know much. I feel like when it comes to color castings, it's a little difficult to do it with a Magneto. But Jim Gordon, like his character isn't about his race. I think it's fine. And I think he is a good actor. And I think he just sits through the role. Just as far as Jim Gordon, no, it doesn't matter if you're black, you're Asian, you're white, you're female. You just got to have the mustache and the glasses. So... <laughs> Like, I feel like as long as he has the iconic look, it's fine. Like, it doesn't really matter. I'm okay with this casting, and this is also the character that I was talking about before. I'm also okay with it because I think uh, the Nolan trilogy, I think that casting for Jim Gordon was perfect. It is Gary the, Oldman, yeah, he was Gary good. Oldman is the perfect casting for any comic book character ever. Like, you'd wow. be like, oh, Robert Downey Jr.'s Iron Man's perfect. That's, that's bold. <laughs> I'm just saying, w- was he bad? He looked exactly no, he, he, like Jim he Gordon. Fantastic. He, I think along the lines of, like, supporting characters who are perfect, it's him and it's J.K. Simmons as J. Jonah Jameson. I think those are, like, the gold standard. Yep. I feel like people are just like, Robert Downey Jr.'s perfect, Hugh Jackman's perfect, uh, Chris Evans perfect. Yeah, they, they could be. But there will always be people that are going to try to top him and they get, have a chance of topping. I feel like you can't top... Gary Oldman's Jim Gordon. I think it is so accurate. And the look, the voice, the acting, like the motivation, it, you can't beat that. So as far as whoever's cast as Jim Gordon, well, Jeffrey Wright as Jim Gordon, and even when J.K. Simmons was going to be Jim Gordon, I feel like those are good castings, but you still can't beat Gary Oldman. That's just uh, me. That's my opinion. If you agree, let me know. If you disagree, tell me that, why. That's, that's, that's fair enough. Gary Oldman was great. I mean, we had some really great scenes. But yeah, hopefully Jeffrey Wright, if like if that's 100% official. It was like mostly official, like everyone was saying it, but it's still kind of rumored. So, But it, it looks like it's like you could take it with a little bit more than a grain of salt. And uh, yeah, even going with the Batgirl thing, if Batgirl, if they didn't end up doing like biological, I'm okay with a colored black girl. I'm totally okay with that. I don't say problem. It does also prove that DC or superhero live action superhero in general does hate gingers, but <laughs> yeah, yeah, gingers uh, don't have it easy in uh, in, Hollywood. Fly, in live action. But yeah, uh, yeah, but yeah, I'm I'm totally okay with this casting, and I'm excited for it. I'm excited that we're finally getting Batman news, Batman casting news. Now, give me yeah. Two Face. Yeah, and speaking speaking of Batman casting news, uh, Jonah Hill, you know the guy from Superbad, Twenty One <laughs> Jump Street, the fat guy, but no longer fat. Well, yeah. sometimes. Uh, there's actually a website www.isjonahillfat.com and gets updated every week and sad. <laughs> they update you on his uh his appearance so right now he's he's looking pretty good so uh, he's rumored to be in the batman so right away people were like oh he's fat well, he's gonna be the penguin he's but... not rumored actually he's in the talks of being in the batman oh, okay which means okay. he he is gonna be in the batman but we don't know who okay so it's rumored of who he's gonna be so people yeah. are like oh he's fat he's gonna be playing the penguin and then it's like well hold on he was fat, but he's not really fat anymore. So the rumors that I was hearing was that uh, he would be the Riddler. Yeah. Okay. I I don't see Jonah Hill as the Riddler. I, I don't not... even see Jonah Hill having the acting ability to be the Riddler, to be honest. Um, yeah, Riddler needs to be very peppy. I, I David Tennant is my pick for Riddler, so <laughs> I, I don't really see yeah. it. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I just... I, I I think mostly what I've seen uh, him in for more serious roles like Wolf of Wall Street, but yeah, I don't get Riddler vibes from Jonah Hill at all. Uh, so. War Dogs is he's a pretty serious in that, and it's a good movie oh, too. Oh right, yeah, I, I watched like a half of that. I didn't finish that, but yeah, I, I've seen parts of it. He's a good actor, like he's not bad. Uh, I I don't know. He, for War Dogs, he gained a lot of weight for that movie, like he had to. So maybe yeah. you could just can't wait for Penguin. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, if you have to cast him, who would you cast him as? Apparently, he is going to be playing a villain, like for sure a villain. I don't. I, I don't know that I like him as any Batman villain, to be honest. Professor I mean, Pig. There's nobody. That... <laughs> okay, I can see Professor Pig. Yep. I guess he'd have to do that. just like a really creepy voice, but yeah. Okay. okay what that. if you just anyone has to be a Batman character? Could be a hero. Uh, there's just no. Batman character that really like jumps off. I thought Batman. it was the lot. Jeez, I have a few. Harvey Bullock. Oh, okay. Bullock could Bullock could do it. Jim Gordon's partner. So, I see him as Harvey for sure. 
I can see him as Harvey yeah. more than anyone, actually. <laughs> but apparently he might be Riddler, which... I don't know how I feel about that. I don't, I don't really like that. But as long as he's not Two-Face, keep Two-Face safe. Give Two-Face good uh, casting. He's one of my favorite villains ever. So John, John Hamm is Two-Face. I've been trying please, to get this since Arkham City came out. Please. <laughs> um, um, that's it for the Batman news that we got this week for the Batman, as in the movie. Uh, but going sticking with Batman here, there's... Heavy rumors that a new Batman game is going to be announced. Uh, so Warner Brothers Montreal has an Instagram page that they haven't uploaded anything at all since uh, I think it was 2017. And then suddenly they start uploading all these images with the caption, Capture the Night. And these images are different symbols. Uh, one of them kind of looks like a Court of Owls mask. Kind of. Like looking to the side. And yeah. the word Capture the Night makes it be like, oh, okay. This... Uh, this means it's going to be Batman, because Warner Bros. Montreal, they make Batman games. And so, new Batman Arkham game seems to be basically confirmed at this point. A lot of people thought that we would get a full-on announcement at uh, this recent game conference that happened, but we didn't. So, it's kind of odd right now. I guarantee we will get one, because they also posted about uh, the bat signals going up this in the sky for Batman Day. And this account has been active for three years, so... All of a sudden, they're showing, oh, hey, Batman, happy Batman days. Here's some symbols, and one of them looks like Court of Owls. So, looks like Court of Owls game is confirmed. What do you think? Uh, well, what do you think of... You, you saw the Scott Snyder tweet that was apparently deleted. Oh, yeah, uh, that's I, right. I still don't know to this day, was it actually deleted or was this an edit? Yeah. Like, tweets are so easy to edit these days that I really don't know what to believe unless I see it on Twitter myself. So Scott Snyder, who wrote but Batman But Snyder is known to spoil things, so I don't know. He is known for <laughs> spoiling some things. Uh, he wrote Batman New 52, which is the Court of Owls debut. So he made the Court of Owls. And he retweeted these and with the caption, Beware the Court of Owls, I think. Yeah. So, which is the start of their uh, rhyme that they do, the court does. So it seemed, I mean, I feel like it's fake, but I've seen it passed around a lot. But I do think that an Arkham game is happening. I do think it could be Court of Owls, and I guarantee we'll get a cinematic announcement trailer this month. Well, is in like you know, October. Yeah, I mean, un- unfortunately, it looks like it's not going to be continuing like where Arkham Knight left off. It looks like because this is the creator, uh, uh, same studio that created Arkham Origins. It looks like it's going to be set between Arkham Origins and Arkham Asylum, so really early in Bruce's career. I hope so. <laughs> kind of. Let's move the story <laughs> forward. Make Dick Batman. Uh, yeah, especially because like Dick Grayson has ties to the Court of Owls, and I think that can be an interesting story. Oh, and- that's right. Yeah, he has more ties than Batman does. Yeah, talent and all that. So, yeah, I-, I thought that could be interesting, but who knows? I mean, I'm just excited to have a Batman game in general. I feel like DC is being shown up, and after dominating the video game scene for years, now they're being shown up after Spider-Man PS4 and now an Avengers game. So, I, I think they need to come out with something. I've been waiting for a Superman game since like 2015. So, I'm waiting for Superman game since too. the last Superman game on PS2. I think Superman <laughs> Returns the game. The movie but, but but i'm just saying like ever since like 2015 it's been like rumored like every year it's like all right this year at e3 they're gonna announce it and then every year we get disappointed so you know it, it, i wish dc would kind of step it up video game wise if they're gonna disappoint me cinematically just like at least make some good games <laughs> i want a superman game i would love a aquaman game or even a wonder woman game but if it's batman again i'll take it <laughs> batman's my favorite superhero so I'll, I'll definitely take it but i would prefer superman aquaman or wonder woman I think those yeah. three characters could actually have some really cool games in the works. Yeah. Flash and Green Lantern would be cool too, but it would be difficult because of all the power they have. It would kind of be difficult to put it in a play style. Like to, me, the only way, to me, the only way to work out the Flash, I, I don't think you could ever have an open world game. I think you'd have to do a Telltale type game where it's like you make decisions with your speed and based on that, that's how the story shapes, which I actually thought would be really interesting. I feel like that could be really awesome, especially after playing Batman Telltale. So, yeah, that would be cool. Flash, I, I can see it Telltale. as a darker, more realistic style approach to a Sonic game where it's still fast speed and everything third person, but just more realistic. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. you still wouldn't it'd be too slow. 
as for Flash's full speed. But that's it for live action news. Um, going on to the comic news, uh, Batman number 85 is going to happen pretty quick here. Tom King's last Batman book before he moves on to the uh, maxi series, Batman and Catwoman. Until then, we got our new writer announced, and it's Tinian, James Tinian the fourth. Yep, the fourth. Yeah, James Tinian the fourth is taking over Batman from eighty-five to hundred, I believe, right? Yeah, eighty-five to hundred, and then uh, the rumors show that we're going to be getting a new Batman, possibly uh, Luke Fox, mm. the Bat Wing. Batwing. Um, there was rumors like what, like a month ago, maybe that they were going to be doing a new uh, Black Batman, but people weren't really like they're like Duke, like is it going to be Duke or is it going to be Luke? Like, had Duke Luke, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> they're like, who's it going to be? And uh, now it looks like those rumors might be true. Um, so it's not really clear whether Tinion would stay on for that or Tinion's just doing these fifteen issues and then they'll find a new writer. But yeah, so this might be happening. Um, I'm. Excited because I like Tinion's detective run a lot. Uh, yeah, he's I on. He's, he's on it right now. Pr- oh, no, no, Tomasio. Sorry. Yeah, no, he he did detective yeah. and rebirth. Yeah, I, yeah, I thought he did good using bad family members that hadn't really been used as much. Yeah, so. he focused on Luke, uh, Tim Drake, Batwoman, Stephanie Brown, Cassandra Kane, and, and it was a cool team actually. I missed them. Yeah, and something that I love about Tinion is uh, he's. He, he reminds me a lot of Williamson in the fact that, like, he's a super fan nerd himself. Like, uh, he'll go on Twitter and be like, hey, guys, what do you want to see in Batman? What, what, what do you personally want to see in Batman comics? And then people list stuff they want to see. And then he's like, all right, what kind of characters do you want to see? And what kind of stories do you want to see? Like, he, he's caring what the fans want to see, which is nice. Even if it only lasts for 15 issues, even if he's just a filler writer, I think this could be cool. He's already proven himself writing Batman. I, I think he's a very talented writer. So he's he's definitely going to be busy, though, between Justice League Dark, now Batman, and the event he's doing. Yeah, that's true. I have hope, though. I feel like with 15 issues, he could kind of treat it as a maxi series. Have one arc, but a big one. That kind of like... I know we're having a big one right now with City of Bane. Maybe not... Like, I'm, don't do a world-ending one, but do, like, one big mystery. Because, like, ah. you, there's a lot of long Batman stories. Like, long Halloween, because it's long. Which uh, you just reread. I just reread <laughs> the other day. <laughs> yeah, so, long Halloween was, like, what? Ten issues? Uh, I think it was twelve. It might be twelve. I don't know, but, it, yeah, it's, it's, like, a full trade. Yeah, so, I feel like it could be treated well. I, I have hope. I like Tinia's Detective Run. I'm excited for this, and I hope I honestly hope he stays on post 100. But if he doesn't, I'm curious who the next writer is. Uh, now, going to what do you feel about Luke Fox? Luke Fox, I don't know how I feel about it. I feel like they just picked Luke Fox as he's the only stable Bat family member right now. Because uh, like, okay, let's say I imagine DC put a board of all the Bat family characters. Like, who will replace Bruce? What for whatever is happening with Bruce? Uh, Dick Grayson can't because he's wrecked though he's returning, which we'll get to in a second. Red Hood can't because yeah. he's going back to killing and he's kind of busy with the outlaws. Uh, Tim can't, he's on Young Justice. Uh, Damien can't, too young, and also a Teen Titan. Then you go to the other male characters. Azriel is in space with the Justice League Odyssey. Luke Fox, nothing's going on with him. So I feel like that's yeah, the only I reason. Just- like, like, like when Dick Grayson took over Batman, there were fans that were outraged, but there were also fans that were at least excited because Dick Grayson had an established fan base. I, I don't know if I can name one person who's a fan of Luke Fox. Well, I, I like Luke Fox as Batwing. That's about okay, it. yes, as Batwing, sure. Yeah, he's fine. But is that really somebody you want to see as Batman? I don't no. know. This, is, this, even, this kind of just seems like... In the end of Tinian's no. Rebirth uh, run, he even said that he didn't want to be a vigilante he just wanted to be like the guy in the chair like he does he doesn't like going out on the streets he likes to help from behind the scenes he only goes out in the batwing suit when he has to so i'm just hoping they don't kill off bruce again like if you're gonna have him be out of batman make him retire i'm assuming they're gonna make him retire with selena or something but yeah that's another thing like bruce in 2016 bruce wasn't batman like Jim Gordon was. And it's it hasn't even been five years, and you're going to put him away again? <laughs> so. Yeah. I don't know. This just seems a little odd to me. We'll see. This is something that I could, like, project where it's going to be, like, Luke Fox's Batman for, like, I don't know, 
25 issues and they're like, hmm, it's not really working out. They start figuring out the return of Bruce Wayne. So we'll yeah. see though. Or we'll get a Rick and have another year. Speaking of Rick. Speaking of Rick. Yep. <laughs> nice segue. Uh, for those who don't know, real quick, Nightwing was shot in the head a year ago. Uh, he lost his memories. He decided he didn't want to be here anymore. He wanted to be an alcoholic taxi driver and he would change his name to Rick Grayson. Everyone obviously hated that. No one liked it. Except for Scott Lobdell. But um, <laughs> he's the only one that seemed to like it. But Oh, man. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, no one seemed to like it. And everyone's like, we want Dick Grayson back. Like, if you want to make a comic about an alcoholic taxi driver, then why don't you just make that a new character? Why did you have to get rid of Dick Grayson? Why did you have to get rid of Nightwing? Well, DC finally is starting to listen. And he will be returning with uh, in Tinius Batman run as Nightwing. They specifically I, said Nightwing. I, I, I trust Tinian to return Nightwing to greatness, and uh, I'm I'm curious. Do you think when Nightwing is back to Nightwing, should he get a new writer on his book, or should Dan Jurgen stay on? Now, obviously, you haven't read any of Jurgen's stuff, but I've read a little you think bit. It's important actually. to keep the stable writer. Oh, okay. Um, from from, from what know. I've heard, at least from people who read it, the Jurgen stuff isn't bad if you get past the Rick stuff. So if you can get over the fact that he's Rick Grayson, then yeah, you'll enjoy the story, like the whole Nightwings team story, but. I did enjoy the Nightwings until I dropped it. Dropped it. It was the only thing keeping me on. I thought the team was cool. It's yeah. just every time I cut to Grick, I'm like, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> and right now they're doing a quarter of all quarter of Owls arc, which I think is cool. Yeah. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, I'm well, not reading well, it right now, so I can't really say. You? Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, I I feel like they could keep on Dan Jurgens just to try to keep some stability stability with the writers my dream to be on a nightwing book is chip zarsky but he's a little busy with marvel and being exclusive there with daredevil and all that but one day i think he'll be on nightwing and i love it but anyway That'd be great, um, yeah. yeah no i'm just excited to see nightwing back i missed him and uh just just real quick um tom king posted on his instagram slash twitter a picture of from city of bane with a showdown of batman and hush drawn by jr jr john romita jr who draws people as boxes sometimes. Um, <laughs> very blocky. His, his bat ears are very blocky. Anyway, um, I'm just curious if Tom King is going to respect the canon of the wedding tie-in Nightwing versus Hush, where Hush was in a different reality at the end of it, and it looked like he was going to be becoming a Nightwing villain and possibly taking Dick Grayson's face. But yep. I, I have a strong feeling that's going to be completely forgotten, but we'll see. I feel like Tom King didn't even read that. <laughs> the tie into his own wedding yeah like oh, yeah so but it's cool that hush is returning but don't expect him to be where we last saw him i think he's just a side yeah. character again i like hush i'm excited to see him return upset that that's not canon anymore well yeah. that we're just assuming but i guarantee it won't be and that's it yeah, for the news yeah so that's that's it for the news so now we go to the comics 33 the mark yeah, a little later than I thought it would be. Anyway, um, I'll go first with my pick of the week and cover of the week so Hunter has time to decide what he wants to do, but I have a quick decision here. Uh, my cover of the week is Captain America number 14. Though I didn't enjoy the issue, the Alex Ross cover is pretty perfect. Alex Ross is always great with covers, and I, I really love the work he's done on Captain America. As for my pick of the week, I got to go with Flash number 77. This issue, uh, sorry, 79 rather. Uh, this issue really surprised me. Um, it, it started out a little slow, and then once it picked up, I was like, oh, damn, oh, damn. Uh, <laughs> some kind of big reveals at the end that really set up hopefully the next few issues, and I'm excited to see where it goes, which is nice because there's been moments in, with this whole Force stuff, Force Quest and all that, that I wasn't as excited, but now I feel drawn back in. So, And mm -hmm. I love the Sandoval art in this issue. It was really good. I, th I think one of his best issues. I'm always very complimentary of uh, Ralph Sandoval, but I think this issue is one of his standout issues. So, Okay. I think I'll agree with you on the cover and pick, but if I were to do a different one, I would say my second place cover of the week would be the Avengers number 24. It has uh, Captain America, Blade, She-Hulk, and Thor kind of running at uh, Cosmic Ghost Rider, which in a <laughs> cool fighting pose. And my pick of the week, if not uh, Flash, will be Batman Superman number 2, which was fantastic good job williamson okay i two williamson i enjoyed books. parts of the issue I, I thought the art was spectacular in that oh issue. absolutely uh, <laughs> perfection we'll get to that a little later though uh is there a particular comic you want to start with we do flash okay that's what i was, that's what I was fishing for a little bit there <laughs> you might have sensed that 
anyway, Flash Avengers. number 79. So uh, this was a slow issue in the beginning. So it picked up right where we left off in the last issue after Black Flash killed Psyche. And uh, where's uh, well, that kind of right off? Flash is basically returning to the new Flash headquarters, which is in the Flash Museum, holding Psyche's yeah. body. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, Fuerza and Steadfast are out of there, like uh, kind of like freezing shells that Commander Cold put them in to give Barry time to take down Black Flash. But since it failed, uh, they're all together now. Uh, Barry says that he didn't make it in time. He was too late. So they can't fight anymore because they don't all want to end up like this. They're stronger together, which is good. It's a good message. Mm-hmm. Uh, meanwhile, at the ice skating rink, uh, Lisa Snart, a.k.a. Golden Glider, a.k.a. sister of Captain Cold... A.K.A. Uh, a rogue, a.k.a. a flash villain, a.k.a. <laughs> debuted in. <laughs> Too many A.K.A.s. Uh, it's gold, so Golden Glider is just being Lisa Snart. She's giving uh, ice lessons to people who who come from abuse, abusing families, which obviously hits home for her because her father was very abusive to both her and Lenny. So I thought this was a nice little reference. And I thought even before he, like, Will- Williamson explains it straight out, I guess for people who don't know, later in the issue. But in the beginning, it's like a nice little reference for, like, where Lisa comes from. So I, I like that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, the fact that she's teaching people how to skate. But when she looks in her reflection in the mirror, she sees... Mirror Master, Captain Cold, Weather Wizard, and Heat Wave. And uh, they're trying to recruit her for Lex Luthor's whole Year of the Villain. And uh, Captain Cold actually has different plans, though, because it's the plan that Lisa wanted to do. And uh, before she could really explain it, she's like, are you talking about And Lenny's like, yep, it's what we've always wanted. And Lex Luthor won't even see it coming. So Lisa's interested again, and uh, she's like, all right, I'm listening. So that the rogue's got something cooking. Uh, meanwhile, Flash and Commander Cold are observing Sykes' body and trying to figure out what exactly happened here. Uh, Fuerza, being the hothead she is, is kind of impatient, impatient and opens up this kind of portal to the Strength Force. Kind of like how Barry could run into the Speed Force. She could open up a portal to the Strength Force. So for now, uh, her and Commander Cold are going to go in there to hide from the Black Flash. Uh Barry sends them in there thinking that they're going to get answers, but they're not going to get answers. It's more of just to get them out of the way for now. Yeah, you kind of so. just lie to them and be like, okay, uh, go. You, you basically want like, uh, it's like imagine you're talking to a child and you're just like, oh, I think there's something in the closet. And then you just slam the closet door shut. Yeah. I mean, the themes of Williamson's Barry run is like that he's very secretive and he lies a lot. So Basically... <laughs> But well, but it's part of his to, it's part of his character flaw. I, I I made a post about this a while ago where I think it's it goes into more of he has uh, abandonment issues, I guess, and trust issues ever since the death of his mother and trusting Eobard Thawne. So that's why he's kind of slow to trust people. And even if it, if even if it's people that he should trust, like Wallace and Avery or Iris, he still struggles because of the underlying problems that he had with his mother. So yeah, exactly. It and makes he, sense. I mean, he's not lying like in a bad way he's lying to keep them safe yeah he's not but like he, but he does continue to lie uh now yeah. uh iris west shows up just real quick you see the painting in like the corner yeah is, isn't it kind of weird that they have godspeed with the flash family I'm, I'm assuming that's godspeed there the one that we could see oh yeah kinda, in one of the of... other issues you could see a better angle of it where it was like godspeed wally wallace and barry and, and he, maybe Avery. he helped so. uh in his last appearance with uh perfect storm was that it? No. Yeah, well, I mean, he was in Flash Annual 2 more recent than that. Oh, right, yeah. and he just beat, he got beat up by Impulse, that's right. Yeah, but uh, anyway, so Iris West is back. Iris West has been gone. She temporarily broke up with Barry. She, I guess, needed to find herself, and now she's back. Uh, and this is one of my favorite parts of the issue, because she wants to talk about what happened to Wally. And uh, For I those love who don't know, Wally well, murdered a bunch Wally. of people by accident. <laughs> <laughs> Wally, Wally, Wally murdered a bunch of people by accident. This was like a good place Man's for them to slurred. drop their flash forward advertisement, huh? <laughs> I just yeah. noticed that. Anyway, um, I, I like the little like painting of Wally behind Iris there by Rafa Sandoval. It looks really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, uh, she wants to talk about Wally, and Barry's like, I, I, I can't. And I love the emotion on his face. And uh, Lin- uh, sorry, Linda. Iris knows that Linda went to go see Wally, so I'm wondering how Linda. I mean, how oh, I keep messing them ours. How Iris knows that Linda went to see him. Maybe. I mean, they're both uh, reporters, so maybe they just... 
I, I, yeah, maybe they're connected in some way. I don't know, but that's Did cool. Linda Remember... go to ask questions for a report? Well, I have my flash in... forward right here. Yeah, and flash forward, yeah. Well, yeah, she talks about how, it, yeah, she's like a journalist. That's why she's there, because she's yeah, wondering why Wally's she... dropping his legal counsel. But it's, it's a quote that Iris I, would know. Yeah, to quote, I'm a reporter. The rumor is you're dropping your legal counsel. You're pleading guilty to all, to all charges. She basically went to visit Wally to work. So yeah, she might have just released the article. Yeah, but but either way, that's interesting. Remember, the, uh, I think Dan Didio said that Flash Forward would affect like two to three other titles. So this is Flash was obviously one of them, and that was mm-hmm. the one that I was like, all right, it'll be that one. I also said it was going to be Young Justice and one other one that I wasn't sure of. I so. might say Batman and Superman. And oh, okay, that makes sense. League. Uh, but but anyway, so Iris wants to talk about that, but uh, Iris kind of gets interrupted when she's trying to find her pre-52 memories, but Steadfast like, oh, I'll help you. And, and Barry's like, no, 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 Steadfast, don't use your powers or else he's going to find you. And they th- and they, they do some misdirection here. So uh, some water moves and Barry's like, Steadfast, run it. So we think it's going to be the Black Flash, but it's not the Black Flash. It's a comic book, Hunter Zolomon. Yeah, uh, <laughs> I was going to make that joke well, too. <laughs> yeah, I know. I saw you make it in my comment section. I thought it was hilarious. I was going to, when I advertised the podcast, I was going to like edit your profile picture on there. <laughs> and be like, Hunter. But uh, anyway, funny. Hunter Zolomon, the, the true Flash is back. Zoom. Says, Long time no see, Barry. Were you expecting someone else? And uh, Barry's trying to fight him off, and Hunter says that you're a hard, per- you're a hard person to follow, f- fast one on Barry to follow to study. But I was an FBI profiler, and I hunted serial killers. And the one thing you know, you watch their family. So he he was stalking Iris to try to find Barry. I, I feel like he probably could have just found Barry, like <laughs> you know, like Barry is always in Central City and the Flash Museum. I don't know, whatever. Yeah. So. Uh, Barry wants Hunter to stop because if he keeps using the speed force, you know, that's going to track the black flash, but Hunter does the sonic boom, which knocks everything around, breaks a lot of stuff in the flash museum. That's cool that, you know, Williamson remembered the sonic boom with the snap. Well, like Williamson that. likes Hunter's Allman, so, and he's read yeah, every flash yeah. titles. <laughs> so yeah, I'm glad he did uh, that. It made me happy. Yeah. So Will, uh, Williamson, uh, Hunter takes away steadfast and that's kind of just, the end of that but now black flash is coming after them uh meanwhile avery and wallace basically decide that they want to take down the real rogues and the real rogues are kind of just like finally like they're ready to go so uh looks like wallace and avery could be facing off against the rogues could be interesting uh what do you think of the issue uh i loved it like this feels it's issue 79 but it feels like issue 100 like you got the rogues you got hunter zolman you got black flash all in one issue you got Kid Flash, you got Flash of China, The Flash, and a Wally West mention, Iris West. This is awesome. Good job. This is what I want every comic to be like. Yeah, I mean, I think I've said this before. I, I feel like Williamson is at his most comfortable writing The Flash when he mentions the Flash family. Perfect Storm is one of his best arcs, and it's because it's about the family, even though it has a focus on Barry. So, like, I was thinking if Flash Forward is so successful that it launches a Wally West solo, I would... I would honestly think that Joshua Williamson as writer would be awesome. Yeah. I think that he could really do that. Well, he could serve a justice. I've realized, yeah. like, but we used to complain a lot about Joshua Williamson at the start of the podcast. Like, when we first started out, it was around the time of, like, Flash 30 or Flash 20-something. Um, we thought we didn't like the OCs, like Godspeed, and we were just kind of not a fan of the way he wrote a lot of characters. And the art wasn't the greatest back then, too. But now you got a fantastic artist, and Joshua Williamson really gets Barry. We live in a world where Bendis and Snyder are both making Barry crack jokes like crazy. But Joshua Williamson is writing Barry Allen like Barry Allen, and it's it's refreshing. It's nice, and having all these villains in one, mwah, cherry on top. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think uh, he's really done a good job with Barry. Uh, he's become way more consistent, especially post Perfect Storm. Like, even if it's not the best story, it's at least better than the first like 20 issues so i think that's a matter of him finding his comfort zone and uh something that i had tweeted about is uh he talks about how he became a flash fan for life when reading the flash number 79 uh end of the return of barry allen arc with you mm-hmm. know Barthon and all that from wally's run and now he is at number 79 of his own arc and i think that's just super awesome that you know a, a super fan of the flash has now written his own run 
that made it to the issue that made him the fan. I, I don't know. That's just like a. It seems like a full circle inspiring. story to me. And yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's inspiring for fans like Hunter and I, and maybe some of you listening to the podcast who want to explore comics one day. And it's it's want cool to possibly stuff. Possibly write for comics, yeah. Well, who for want sure. to write Wally West one day? You know, those kind of people. Well, right, uh, Nightwing. <laughs> so. But, yeah, but exactly. Anyway, but anyway, yeah, this is like really cool, and uh, yeah, I really like this issue. It's like a nine out of ten. For it's me. also yeah, I, I really we, enjoyed it. We don't get this lots in comics, but knowing that Flash Forward is happening, because like uh, Ryrus mentions that Linda visited Wally in prison. Uh, at the end of Flash Forward number one, Wally quote unquote escapes prison due to uh, the cosmic journey that he's on. But yeah. Irison mentioned that. Which seems to make me think that Flash Forward and Flash 79, Flash Forward number one, sorry, and Flash 79 are happening at the exact same time. And it's just a continuity thing that makes me happy that it's yeah, cool. It's, it's these surprising two are this week somebody must, uh, DC must have seen something online that's like, hmm, we need to mention continuity because Detective Comics did a lot of that too, like explaining continuity. So, and Which I like, yeah. And sometimes you're just like, this this comic takes place before this event that happened several months ago and yeah it's, it's comic... as simple as that it's as simple as that like that's how you could explain it but well, yeah, yeah that, nice that's what we usually get but this it's happening at the same time which is yeah. really cool to me like barry is fighting hunter zolman and like a couple cities away wally west is being visited by tempest like that's cool yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah I mean, my, my my favorite era of comics is the 90s where everything felt connected like everything was happening at once and you would get mentions of other stories in different titles so, they did that with new 52 as well actually they did yeah. that a lot more new 52 than they did in rebirth because i wanted to read i got into comics in 2011 with batman and in batman they mentioned something that was happening in flash so i got into flash and there they mentioned something in justice league so i got into justice league and so on and so forth that's yeah. how do you get people into other books is by just mentioning events happening in other books. Simple as that. I, I totally agree. Anyways, ten out of ten. Yeah, really, really good comic, and I'm so excited to see where this goes. I'm just speculating ahead. I'm really hoping that building up to 100, he's building up a story where they have the Flash family has to face Hunter Zolomon. Uh, in Blitz, Hunter Zolomon is so powerful that Wally needs the powers of Jesse Quick, Jay Garrick, and Bart Allen just to be able to see Hunter. So. I want the whole Flash family to face off against him, and I think that could be a great way to bring in Jay and Bart and all of them. And I'm hoping, hoping, hoping Wally shows up for that because Hunter is his rogue at the end of the day. And I'm excited to see where it goes. And I'm hoping Steadfast can eventually help Iris get her pre-52 memories, and maybe that could lead to more of the Flash family. I just, I, I feel like if Hunt, if w- Williamson sets this up properly, he has 40 to 60 more issues of content that he could explore. So I'm excited. Can you imagine if Hunter's fighting the Flash family? He's very confident, like getting all cocky, doing the. Were you expecting someone else? Blah blah blah. Fighting Jay, Jesse, Bart, Barry, and when Wally shows up, you just see fear in Hunter's face. Yeah, like he realizes yeah. he's gonna lose. That'd be so cool. Oh, something like that would be fantastic. And I'm uh, there's so many possibilities that could go. And I think if if I'm thinking right, I think he's building up. Williamson's building up to a big story, number one hundred. So. 21 more issues to go. Bring it on. <laughs> and I'm excited for these 21 issues coming up. But yeah, yeah. anyways, uh, Batman Superman number two. Yeah, yeah. You, you want to recap that real quick? Sure. Uh, when we So Batman Superman, it's a new series written by the same writer, Josh Williamson. Really praising this man today. But uh, the story going on really quick is basically there's about six or maybe more heroes in the DC universe that have been infected. Now, the Batman who laughs, which is a Batman from another Earth who is infused with Joker toxin, but he's able to control it in a way, so he likes it, has been putting this Joker serum to turn you into this evil maniac into certain batarangs designed for a specific hero. So the first thing he did is he found Billy Batson, also known as Shazam, stabbed him with it, and now Billy Batson, Batson isn't Shazam, he's the Shazam who laughs, so an evil version of Shazam obsessed with magic, uh, not magic, madness. And he wants to affect other people. So uh, when the, we last left off, Batman and Superman were fighting uh, Batman Who Laughs. We also know, I won't go into full spoilers of who the other infected are, as far as we know personally. But in the story, another character that we know for sure is infected is Jim Gordon. So he, not really a hero. He, he's a hero, but not a superhero. But he's infected with Batman Laughs. He's helping with the plan on the police side of things. But anyways, uh, it's kind of cool how this issue starts. I like how Shazam... So the first thing he says is the man of steel the dark knight versus the earth's mightiest nightmare 
I thought that was cheesy, but in a good way. And yeah, the, the, I think a lot of the dialogue in this issue is kind of like cheesy in a good way, like the way Shazam talks in this issue. But yeah, I, I totally get that. Yeah, he's just like, <laughs> Batman throws a battering at him. He's like, you come at me with toys, son? You're just some dude in a Halloween costume, Batman. I got freaking superpowers. Yeah, and I ba- mean, the thing to remember is Billy is a kid. So when the kid is infected with the Batman who laughs stuff, how would that affect him? So he just makes him kind of a bully. <laughs> That's what yeah. he is. And Batman just looks up at him. He's like, I hate magic. <laughs> and the art is fantastic in this issue, too. Art is by um, David. David. David Marquez. Yeah. And it's so good. He is. I, I was shocked when, because he was a Marvel exclusive for the longest time. And when Bendis had announced that he was coming to DC, I was shocked. I was so happy because he's so good. There's so many really DC good. books I want to see him on. But yeah, he did great work in this issue. He draws such a good Batman. Like, even Superman too. But Superman kind of grabs Shazam and he gets his heat vision out. And he starts yelling at Shazam, uh, trying to tell him to like fight back. You can fight this infection. And then Shazam says Shazam, and he turns into Billy Batson, and he starts going like, "Holy moly, Superman! I didn't mean it. I, I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm, I'm having horrifying, violent thoughts screaming in my mind. Please, please don't hurt me." And Superman kind of hesitates. He goes, "Billy, Billy, you can fight this. Come on, Billy." And then Billy kind of starts talking, all scared, saying, "I'm so sorry. Don't hurt me." And then goes, "Ha ha, fools you, Shazam!" And strikes lightning down on Superman. Grabs Superman, grabs Batarang, the infected Batarang with Superman symbol, and goes to stab him. Before Batman appears, driving one of Batman who laughs, uh, bat planes, because they were in the Batman who laughs cave before, and just smashes into Shazam, jumping out of it. And again, with the art, it looks so animated here. Like, it, the, yeah. It looks like I can see this moving. It's just a picture, but just Batman slamming into Shazam. It's so cool. Um, yeah. Give or take, they fight for a bit. It ends up uh, with. Uh, Shazam brutally injuring Batman, knocking him out in the sky as Batman starts to fall to Earth. Uh, Superman has a choice, save Batman or fight Shazam. He ends up saving Batman, brings him to the Fortress of Solitude, kind of revives him back up, and explains, we lost, Shazam escaped. That's when they decide, okay, we don't know who, we know other people are infected, but we don't know who. Me and you for sure aren't infected, but we can't trust anyone, so we can't tell anybody about Shazam. We can't tell anyone what we're doing. We're the only people we could trust, which is why this is Batman Superman, not a Justice League level threat. Uh, They found, obviously Shazam was trying to infect Superman, so they decided they're going to trick Batman to laughs, who is currently held up in a highly advanced prison in the Hall of Justice, which even Mr. Miracle can't escape. I can't escape this. So uh, Superman kind of puts on makeup in a way (laughs) to make him look like the Superman who laughs, and he goes to the Batman who laughs and quote-unquote freeze him just to see what Batman who laughs' plan is and starts acting all crazy. And they shoot him undercover as the Superman who laughs, like they're world's finest of the people who laugh. Which yeah, is interesting. <laughs> I, I think it's interesting because Clark is a journalist and kind of going undercover like that is interesting and it's nice to see him be able to act on like in Bendis' run when <laughs> his acting is bad. <laughs> yeah, I guess he kind of is going as an undercover journalist. Batman Laughs yeah, says, the world's I, when finest. I, when I listened to it like that, I was like, oh, that's actually pretty interesting. Yeah, and Batman Laughs says, the world's finest, back at it again. I do not know they were bringing a woman. And Superman's like, I'm not a woman, I'm a reporter. <laughs> BBS reference. And then yeah, Batman says, okay, Clark, the clock's ticking. And it ends, and I want more of this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, this issue, this issue was pretty good. The first time around, I, I, I guess I didn't appreciate it as much, but looking back at like some of that art, I'm like, wow, this was a special issue. I give this a 10. What is it, Joshua Williamson Appreciation Day here or something? It is. It is. <laughs> Who wants to bring it back on that the might show? Be the, that might be the, episode of, uh, the title of the episode for this episode. Maybe. Hmm, maybe. Well, you can uh, read any, it right anyway, now. Anyway, um, let's try to do quick recaps, like minute-long recaps for the rest of the comics here on out. Uh, Shazam number seven. What I'll start out by saying is I completely Go. forgot what was happening in Shazam before this because it's been so long <laughs> with delays. Like, the wizard appears in this issue, and I completely forgot the wizard appearing, but uh, basically Mary revealed her identity to the foster parents, uh, Billy's foster parents, and Billy now has to reveal himself, and they kind of have a weird reaction. <laughs> like, Billy's foster dad is like, do you see that? Ha 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 ha. It was just like, uh, okay, that was weird. He's very uh, excited. Uh, Freddie and Darla are saved by Tawny Tiger uh, in the Wildlands to help save them, and they end up in the uh, I believe it's called Deathlands or Darklands. 
I'm trying to see where wild. There's the Wildlands. Yeah, Darklands. We'll say. <laughs> yeah, the Darklands. So they all like come there in like a a, a casket and in a grave and stuff. And yeah, uh, the the ghost of the wizard visits Billy and basically tells him like, "Hey, there's a traitor in your family. You got to find them and unite your family. Go to the tower now." So. There's somebody, possibly a traitor in the family. Do you have any guesses on who it could be? Pedro, he barely talks. It's him. Okay. I hope I... Or, actually, I, Mary Marvel. She revealed her identity, and maybe that... Mary Marvel, I'm going to say. Notice how oh, no. everyone's kind of trapped in the Wildlands and the Darklands and the blah, 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 but Mary Marvel's just like, I'm going to go get Wonder Woman. My. She kind of, like, leaves. Yeah. Why is that? Hmm. Mary Marvel. Could be, could also, be her. Issue, I'm, I'm curious to see where it goes. The issue ends with saying with a grave that says, "Here's lies Captain Marvel," and it says, "Next time Shazam meets Captain Marvel." They said the the c word. <laughs> what is this? A crossover episode? The cm uh, word. They can't do that. Marvel's gonna sue them. <laughs> yeah, I was kind of surprised when I saw that too. I'm, I'm curious where this is gonna go. Um, well, we'll excited. find out in July next year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Because Shazam Nine is delayed like twelve weeks. But uh, it's funny. The, the cover kind of reminds me of like a really early Rebirth like issue because they're at the Bat Restaurant. You know, oh yeah, well like they're not at the bat, bat restaurant, restaurant, but they're at a restaurant. Oh, I thought it was the bat restaurant because the menu. Oh, maybe it's not. It but it, it just it kind of reminded me of that, and I was like, hmm, I feel like this book is like late. Like it doesn't relate to any of the other DC books right now. Yeah, so. it's just kind of its own thing. Like Shazam isn't Shazam allows so that takes place after this event. So yeah, uh, Detective Comics ten twelve to go over it in like a minute. Oh, I rate Shazam like maybe like eight. I enjoyed it. I I'll just wish it, it came out quicker. Um. Uh, Mr. Freeze is doing experiments on random women that look like his wife to try to get ready for his wife. He started <laughs> he started by using mice and rats and stuff, but now he's made his way up to humans before he tested on Nora, sweet Nora. Um, can I just say, Doug, Doug Monkey, Mankey, great Batman artist. When, on the second page and the fourth page, like his Batman, like I was getting Killing Joke type vibes. By oh, that I Batman. love how he does the short ears. It was oh my god! It's so beautiful. Like he wasn't on this past arc. We had Christian Deuce, who was also great. Like t- Tech is having some of the best artists. Like this was fantastic, and I love the way he draws Mister Freeze too. But just like that, that one page of Batman with the short ears, I was just like, oh my god, that's beautiful. Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't really put that in perspective. And even I was more like, hey, they're talking about Selena. That's cool. <laughs> yeah, they referenced Selena, and, and and it kind of it. So this is before the City of Bane stuff is happening, but it's after the Batman Who Laughs stuff happens. So we're getting some perspective of where this happens. Um, anyway, there's a botched attempt trying to steal one of the women that Mister Freeze is trying to go for by his henchmen, and that's what alerts Batman. So they have to go back for her to try to silence her, but Batman is there, and the issue ends with Batman ready to kick some ice. That that was a bad pun, but. No, uh, at the end, he says, "Come in. I've been expecting you." So, also that's the another, end, yeah, another thing with the art. Uh, there's a part where Harvey Bullock he turns on the bat signal. And Batman's standing on the signal, and the light going up makes his face all dark, and it looks really cool. <laughs> yeah, the art was top notch in this issue. Doug, Doug Monkey is great. He's one of the best DC artists currently, and glad to see him back on tech. Yeah, me too. But yeah, I so give I, it like I read, a. I read this issue like a seven, maybe seven point five. It wasn't anything 5. crazy, but. I'm excited to see where it goes. I hope it's good because I, I hope it's not cheesy. Yeah. Um, Action Comics. Oh, Action. Oh, oh right. sorry. Go finish DC. Finish DC. Action Comics. Naomi is there. Uh, the first half of the issue is basically Naomi, who is uh, she has her own miniseries. I think it just ended. Uh, it's one of Bendis' original characters. She's from another Earth. She has a similar origin to Superman. She basically lands in Metropolis. Superman's being all nice. I mean, like, oh, we'll help you find out what your powers are. I hate the way Bendis wrote Batman in here, how he says, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, every every time Naomi says something, I hated that. Um, ah. Then the next half of the issue is Superman fighting the Red Cloud again. By the way, this is the 15th issue of Superman dealing with the Red Cloud. Wrap it up. Like, seriously, <laughs> wrap it up. No one cares. Wrap it up. <laughs> so I give it, like, a five. I was, I was thinking the same thing. Like, this has been going on so long. 15 issues of a red cloud appearing. Wrap it up, Bendis. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, yeah, that's a, I won't go over Red Hood because I didn't actually finish it yet. But um, yeah, Powers of X. Yeah, so Powers of X. Um, this issue jumps around. So Powers of X deals with different periods of the X-Men's history. So we get uh, X-Men uh, X-Zero, which is the X-Men Year One, which was uh, the main focus of this issue. Um, Charles talking to various leaders. I, I kind of like how they write Charles here. Charles is 
I love how manip- you are manipulative. Like I-, I was getting like heavy Lex Luthor vibes in a good way. Because he's bald. Because uh, <laughs> he's bald. Yeah, and he looks just like Lex Luthor. No, but like the way he kind of talks to people, like it-, it seems like every conversation with Charles Xavier is a game of chess, and he's ten moves ahead. Oh, that's a good way of saying it. You're right. Yeah. If that makes sense. So, um, we the another time period we get is X one, which is X Men the Year Ten, which is kind of where we're at now because this is where House of X left off last issue, uh, with Charles walking with Cerebro and Magneto, and they're both visiting Emma Frost, and they're trying to team up with her because they want all mutants to be one on Krakoa, and Emma Frost is skeptical and saying that they should know better that this is kind of reckless to put all these mutants together. Like, what are the humans gonna do? But Magneto and Charles are on the point where it doesn't matter what the humans are going to do, but we need we need you to be part of this, and we need you to get uh, Sebastian Shaw. So she, after seeing Krakoa, she says she's in, but big reveal at the end that they need Sebastian Shaw, who's kind of an X-Men villain, I guess. He is a villain, yeah. For, for those who've never read him in comics, he was the bad guy of X-Men First Class, the movie, so... Yeah. Um, yeah so Sebastian also, I found it cool how uh, they even talked to um, Namor. Was, uh, yeah, yeah, that that was later in the in the same one, like X uh, X one, the year ten. Uh, they talked to Namor, and uh, Charles wants him because he's the first mutant of Marvel, technically. Because technically, you know, yeah, because he's born with those powers. Age, like, yeah, like uh, where he was first appeared. Uh, I kind of like how Namor was written here. Uh, he's he says no. Yeah, yeah, he, he doesn't. Yeah, want... he, says, he says no, and uh, the, like he's demeaning to Charles. Mm-hmm. But it, it felt very Namor-ish, especially with the Namor that was set up in the Avengers arc. So yeah, plus his his design they use the same design as the Avengers, and it it's a great design for Namor. It's his best look. Yeah, I I like I, uh, one dialogue piece of dialogue that stuck out to me was when he said, uh, "Do I strike you as someone who's just now realized how much better I am than everyone else?" Yeah, he's very and, cocky, and, and, and even and when you he's... actually believe, do you actually think I believe that you feel that way too? Go away, little man, and don't come back until you really mean it. So. That was cool, yeah. I, I like how he calls Charles out. <laughs> mm-hmm. And then um, with the future, with the other one is X3, uh, X-Men the Year 1000. I'm not really all that sure what's happening in the future. Um, it, it looks like everything's bonding to droids. Pretty like much, what happened in the past few issues, so I'm curious where that's going. But that's pretty much the end of the issue. Um, mm-hmm. I liked this issue with the X-Men the Year One stuff and X-Men the Year Ten stuff. Um, I, I love the way they Me write too. Charles. Uh, Hickman writes Charles. and Even yeah. uh, Eric, he writes a good Magneto. Yeah, yeah, I'm excited. I don't know which book Magneto and Charles are going to be in because I didn't see them on any of the covers for the upcoming X-Books, but... Whichever one they're on, I'm going to read. Like I'm, I'm, I'm going to read the main X-Men title because that's going to be Hickman's, but I'm curious where Magneto and Charles are going to I'm pretty sure it's the main one, but it could be wrong. Oh, know, my, okay. my, favorite, my favorite X-Men is uh, Cyclops, and he's on the main one, so I'll be reading that. My favorite mutant is Magneto. I, I've really come to love Magneto over the years. <laughs> yeah. I, I, saw, I saw this t-shirt online that I wanted to get. It was like, Magneto is right. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, no, I, I really kind of like Magneto, so I'd like to see what book he's in. And I love that white design. Uh, it's just so cool. Okay. Um, Cap. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah, Captain Cap. America number 14. Um, just real quick, didn't really like this issue. Um, I thought I, it was like good at the beginning, but it kind of slowed down. Yeah, I, it just felt like it was going nowhere the entire issue. Like, uh, the entire issue feels like you could have skipped it and you wouldn't have really missed anything. Uh, this is two disappointing issues from Coates in a row, and I don't know. I, I I really wasn't feeling this, and the art is definitely a major downgrade from the artist that we had Before. earlier in the series. Mm-hmm. So I'm still I, know, I hope. Yeah, I, I just hope it gets better. You know, but me too. Th- there's really not much to talk about in this issue. Like, it, it just felt like it was. It was just a Hillary. silent fight scene with, between just yeah. random soldiers. That was it. Yeah. No big reveals or anything like that happened. I do like the anyhow they left the bar and they like spray painted the Captain America shield on the wall. And mm-hmm. like, they left a mark and Nick Fury saw it. I thought that was cool. But mm-hmm. yeah, that's about it. Um, Spider-Man. The Amazing Spider-Man uh, number 30. 10 out of 10 issue. This is incredible. JD, you're missing out. <laughs> 
Yeah, I, I saw Absolute Carnage tie-in, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm not even reading Absolute Carnage. Like, this is going to be like one of those Dark Knights Metal tie-in where I bought it for nothing. So I'm like, you know what, let me just skip this issue for now. It was already an expensive week, but I guess now I'll have to go back and get it next week. <laughs> yeah, just real quick, Kindred, who's like the new villain with like the centipede arms and stuff. That's, that's the name we couldn't remember last week when we were talking about the JJ Spider-Man. Yeah, yeah, or a few weeks ago. Um Kinred, basically, he's he's in a prison and he's walking around, just like looking through the windows and taunting everyone. And uh, uh-huh. he goes to one and he taunts this character for like an entire page, being like, "Oh, you used to be so powerful, and now you're so weak, and you're scum, and I hate you, and blah blah blah." And it's revealed to be Norman Osborn. And so that makes me thinking, like, hold up, hold up, Kinred's a new villain. Harry Osborn's dead. I feel like Kindred might be Harry Osborn. Just because of the way he reacted to seeing Norman. And plus in uh, The Amazing Spider-Man number 25, he gave Mysterio the whole director thing and ah. hi- and recommended hire Mary Jane. I think he did that because he wanted Mary Jane out of the city. That that would be a huge twist if it ended up being Harry. Because Harry respects Mary Jane. Harry's dead right now. But, but, then, do- but then doesn't he technically kill her in the J.J. Spider-Man? Hmm. <laughs> it's Harry, trust me. <laughs> I respect you. Cut you but to the stomach and throw you off a bridge. He knows Spider Man is Peter Parker too, so that makes me like, okay, maybe it could be Harry. Anyways, this whole issue is an absolute Carnage tie in, so that's the whole Carnage event going on with the. Uh, uh, basically, Carnage is, has infected uh, Green Goblin. and But Green Goblin. Carnage is kind of the one talking. It's not Norman Osborn talking, it's Carnage. He's just using Norman Osborn's body. So. He, Spider-Man keeps saying, you're Norman. And he's like, I'm not Norman, I'm Carnage. So, and he thinks he's Cletus Cassidy too, who's the main Carnage. But, and it was kind of confusing to explain, but this whole thing's a fight scene between Spider-Man versus Carnage. And Spider-Man literally almost dies here. He gets beat up big time and it cuts back and forth, page to page, between Spider-Man getting fought and a flashback to a surprise birthday party for Harry Osborn. And in this flashback, Gwen Stacy's there, and Flash Thompson's there. So it goes back and forward between um, Spider-Man getting absolutely demolished, his suit's getting destroyed, he's bleeding everywhere, and he keeps saying, focus, MJ, focus on Carnage, Flash Thompson. You gotta, you're dying here, Harry. Uh, you gotta focus and block his punches, Gwen. Just focus, and then he gets punched like hard, and he just passes out with Carnage standing above him. So that's kind of how it ends. It's basically like he can't focus because he keeps thinking of his friends that are dead or gone. Because MJ's just moved away. Uh, Harry's dead. Flash is dead. Gwen is dead. And he keeps thinking of those four people. And he can't focus on fighting Carnage. And Carnage is about to kill him. Obviously, Spider-Man, he's not going to die. But it's an insane issue. This hit me hard. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds like it had a lot going on. (laughs) Yeah, 10 out of 10, you should read it. Because the next issue is also going to be a tie-in. And then the issue after that, we're getting our uh, our boy Patrick Gleason on here. So Patrick Gleason, I mean, yeah, I'm excited for that. All right, cool. Um, and that's it for the comics of the week. That's this episode, episode went really quick. Like sometimes when we're recording, like a, it feels like a full hour. This felt like like more like that. <laughs> Ten minutes. Um, yeah, very very quickly. Uh, anyway, um, if you enjoyed this episode, we appreciate a five-star review. It does help with the rankings. We're ranked in various countries, and we'd like to be ranked in the United States and possibly Canada to represent Hunter. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, check back next week because we will be reviewing Joker, the night of the release, and we'll be reviewing such comics as I, I know Daredevil's out next week and Batman is out next week. So and Justice League. Jane, Daredevil, Justice League, yeah, Justice Duel more. So but the, yeah, the focus for the start of the episode will be us reviewing joker non-spoiler we'll just give our thoughts and our review and what we thought of the movie and all that yeah yeah joker will be yeah exactly but uh yeah so check back next week uh for a hero story i'm jd i'm hunter and thanks for being a hero and remember every second is a gift goodbye bye